0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. We are happy to have you back and listening. We hope everyone had a great weekend. And we just have a, a two-man show. Not sure who your fan favorites are to all the listeners out there, but we're down Jaybird. Jay is not here today. Just McLean and myself, Mike. Jay is uh, in Pittsburgh playing in an event. Uh, we wish him the best of luck. He had 36 holes today. Uh, 18 tomorrow, 18 Wednesday. I know it didn't go as great as he would have loved today, looking at his scores, but um, we'll let him respond to that live in person when when he's back. What what would he fire? He was uh, plus nine today through two rounds, 36 holes, uh, 40-man field. He was like 25th or so um the golf course you know he's played here in this event for a lot of years and he's always talking about how hard it is and it's got to be playing really hard this year there's only three guys under par wow three three and they're all one under um <laughs> he's in 26th position so there's a ton of guys that are way behind him so it's in the middle of the bat got to be playing brutally hard um this year so uh but he's got two more days to to get at it and, and climb up the leaderboard so we'll be uh
1: I'm following him and, and rooting right. him
0: on what's that. How many holes do they play in this thing? It's 72. They play 36 holes today and then 18 tomorrow, 18 Wednesday, no cut. Okay.
1: I heard you mention earlier, 36 for today. And I'm sitting there going, wait a second, two more days of this. What is this awful tournament? <laughs> I mean, it no, sounds miserable. Three days,
0: 36, three days, 36 in the first day. So they get 72 holes in in three days. So it's kind of a gruel today. And then, um, but no cut. So he's guaranteed a paycheck. Most importantly, and two, um, he's guaranteed two more rounds to, to move the leaderboard. So nice, we'll be. We're
1: rooting him on up there. That's right. Question. So uh, did so you're him, you're stuck with uh, two of us. Did we get him all his e nine merch? He's up there repping the brand.
0: Um, I did. I I gave him what I gave him the other day. We played golf uh, on Thursday night, and I gave him a couple things. We'll see if he's actually wearing them or not he's very picky with his hats very picky with his hats you don't fit him right he says he looks like a little eager. so we'll see if he's actually going to wear it or not so i love it um how are you sir did you have a good weekend i did I had a great
1: weekend I had a big family weekend good times for rad Oh,
0: there you Bo go. caught his
1: uh first fish this weekend and uh it was probably one of the coolest dad moments i've had yeah i I thought
0: you posted a couple pictures of that it was awesome i did i
1: was so proud it was it was kind of funny um you know he'd been throwing it in he'd gotten the line hooked a couple of times i I didn't put him in necessarily the greatest spot in the world uh to catch fish we weren't on a charter or anything but um (laughs) i walk over to the golf cart real quick to put my phone down or whatever it was i was going back to the cart grab probably grab more bait and on the way back over i'm walking back over it wasn't far I i said dad I, i got a fish I'm sitting there thinking, eh, it could easily be those uh, oyster beds to keep uh you know hooking your um hooking your line in. And I get over there, damn sure if you didn't have a bait and he or didn't have a fish and he reeled it on in, caught himself a nice little catfish, and he was so happy, he came up with all the smiles in the world. And he's like, he, he literally he I threw the I, I got the fish off the hook and he looked at me and I was like, all right, but we're gonna throw it back. And I goes, No, 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 we're eating that for dinner. And followed up that was the first proud dad moment followed up by the second very proud dad moment saying, yeah, we're, we're taking that home and eating it for dinner so it was a it was a great experience but um
0: and did he say hand me a beer no yeah he should have but no
1: he said he was a professional fisherman right after he goes i'm a professional fisherman now dad
0: uh, teach him what an angler is tell me his word yeah. angler that's exactly right that's exactly right so that's
1: awesome good yeah, stuff. how about you guys y'all y'all have a good weekend
0: um, yeah, you know, not sure what my wife did with her weekend boyfriend and the family, but I was working. So, you know, um, <laughs> uh, she could have a weekend boyfriend. I'd have no idea she, very easily. She pretty much knows my hours when I'm going to leave when I'm coming home. So, um, the girls you, don't, the girls don't talk about any other strange person being around the house. So
1: can you even imagine her actually needing anything more com- with everything that you already offer?
0: Do I offer that much? <laughs> <laughs> it might be a question for her, not me. Uh, <laughs> I like uh, to think I offer a lot, but enough. you know, and let's enough. let's be fair honest, enough. I probably don't. So, um, well, yeah, let's get into a little. Oh, first off, well, what are we drinking? We're gonna have two different answers here tonight. I already know this because I I know what you're drinking.
1: I am drinking a seltzer. A Michelob Ultra Seltzer. That's where Michelob I am right this Ultra second. Seltzer. It feels odd saying; doesn't really roll off the tongue. Um, it's not Corona Light, you know that that really comes off nicely. This is a little different. What, what are you drinking?
0: Well, I am in the Corona family, but mine Look is also them. a Corona Seltzer. Look, so. at them. <laughs> Um, Figured I'd join the Corona bandwagon, just uh, of the seltzer variety tonight. So yeah, no no bourbon tonight. This was just. Just not feeling it. I'm going on vacation Wednesday, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to be drinking enough starting Wednesday, so we'll just go a little bit light tonight. Where, where you guys headed on Wednesday? We're also flying out. We are headed to Michigan for a week. Uh, we got a friend's 40th birthday uh, up there, and a whole slew of us are going up for the week, and it looks kind of like borderline chilly. You'd be – I am it. I can't wait. It's going to be like sweatshirt weather at night. You would just be freezing your ass off i don't but, have jackets big enough for that you have to actually wear socks and shoes potentially at night <laughs> no, no flip-flops <laughs> chance. not a chance supposed to be like 72 during the day and like 58 at night it's gonna be that sounds nice.
1: i mean i i, I would love I, I like it when you go up to the mountains and it's like that just warm enough that you can wear shorts but once the sun yeah. goes down you get in the shade a little bit
0: yeah you, you put know, on you a fire yeah yeah, perfect. I can't wait. I'm I'm already sick of sweating my ass off here in Richmond this summer. So
1: and you can't yeah. really walk around Richmond without a shirt on down here in Florida. You know, it's just Florida, man. So you can just kind of get away with. <laughs>
0: you can do a lot of want. things down there. Yeah.
1: The, the guy without the shirt is the least of concern.
0: <laughs> it's like that before we started the show, was it last week or two weeks ago that some guy tried to order at a restaurant bar, no shirt on thought he was outside.
1: Yep, that was Orlando. Yeah, the Cruise story. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was that was impressive. Yeah. So
0: yeah, a little different state, but yeah, uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, right on Lake Michigan, so it'll be gorgeous.
1: Nice. Well, hope you guys have fun. Where are you guys headed? Uh, I am actually taking my paternity leave for two weeks, and we are headed up North Carolina. Oh, yeah. going home. Yeah. Nice. So it'll be nice to get up there, see mom, and then see some friends uh, at the same time. So
0: looking forward to it. So that being said, to all of our listeners, we are not having a show next week. Um, We are all going to be out of town on vacation, and we're just going to take next week off. So uh, we'll be back in two weeks for those of you that are listening. And we do have a couple of uh, guests in the works that hopefully coming up this month. And so may get a couple bonus episodes from us uh, this month as well, even though we are going to miss next week. So I'm not sure what you guys are going to do without us, but just go back and listen to some old episodes. I'm sure, you'll get a good laugh. <laughs> so let's let's get into some golf action from the weekend. I I felt like a lot happened this week. There was some big news early on, right after we did the podcast, uh, as it relates to the, the PGA Tour and live golf and that kind of stuff. But then over the weekend, there was a lot of golf, a lot of good golf, a lot of cool little storylines. So um, we'll start off with the premier tour, the PGA. Tour. And X-Man, Mr. Xander Shoffley back in the Winter circle. First time in a it's 2018. Did I read that right? Was the last time he actually won? Was 2018? Can't be. Can't be. That can't be right. Um, I think it is. He's been up there a bunch. You know, we know he's got a solid all-around game. Um, yeah, right here. October of 2018. Uh WC HSBC champions.
1: Jeez, it doesn't even feel like he's been out here that long.
0: I know. I mean, I guess wow. I guess he won the Olympics. But that's so I guess he won the Olympics last year. Um sure. can
1: can I be honest with you? I have been telling so many people about him shortening his name from Alexander to Zander. And it it just bothers me, I gotta be honest. It, it, I was such a huge fan, even the name, I'm like, oh, I like that something a little different. That's that's cool. Just you deleted the ALE off the front. Now it, yeah. it, it made it it makes it less cool
0: in my eyes. I don't he know looks why. more like a Xander than an Alexander. He does not without look like an Alexander. Question.
1: Yeah. Without question. But I, I just wish he'd have gotten there in a different way. Some would argue <laughs> that it's not his fault. But at the same time, that's, that's I, w- true. I wish yeah. he could have came to this conclusion throughout a different avenue.
0: His dad's a little eccentric. He's yeah German and different and he wears some funky clothes out there. His his swing coach. Um so but yeah, it was good good to see him get a W. He was battling his one of his best friend on tour. Patrick Cantley paired together and Cantley shoots a million on, on wow. Sunday. I think he had three pars on his scorecard. It uh. was
1: would have lost uh, would have lost some money on that.
0: Yeah. So I thought it was going to be a little bit of a, a duel between those two. But um, I, I saw a stat. Xander hit 63 greens in this event. 63 of 72 greens. He only missed nine greens. That's a clinic. You That's just got to put half decent and you're going to be a top five. Yeah. In the field when you do that. Well, he puts the ball pretty good. I mean, he not, does put the ball pretty well. He's
1: not great, but he's, he's he's a good putter.
0: Yeah, he is. He doesn't really have, I mean, I haven't looked that up his, you know, strokes gain stats, which we talk a lot about here on the show. To me, just, you know, the eye test doesn't seem like he would have a major flaw, major weakness, maybe short game um, around the greens. So let me pull up. I his. think he's
1: got a pretty good short game around the greens.
0: I do too. I'm just trying to think maybe from a strokes gain standpoint, what, what his worst thing is. So, um, yeah, technically it's says around the green, he's 37th stroke scan. So
1: that's that's uh that's, that's pretty strong.
0: <laughs> 30- Someone
1: who's 37th in stroke gain around the green, I consider to have a good short game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So he's he's 32nd off the tee, he's fourth or sorry, eighth in uh, approach to green, 37th around the green, 35th putting, 7th tee to green, fourth total. So, yeah, he has no weakness, which is again shocking that he's hasn't won um I guess More. I'm looking at it. He did win the Zurich two man last year, two years ago. Um, right. but That doesn't really count. He won the Olympics, which doesn't really count. It's like a live event field. Um, <laughs> And he did win WGC in, in 2018. So he had a couple victories, but you know, on American soil, uh, on the PGA tour by himself, standard event. It's, it's been, been quite a while. Um, but i don't know i almost i feel bad because i like xander but i the, the biggest thing i take away is Sahith the gala
1: i i love it uh, i hate how he lost the event but man did he uh did he go after it i mean he played fearless golf and absolutely tried to win the golf tournament unfortunately it uh it didn't work out for him you know, you, you drove it right up against that lip and I don't know what kind of contact he made on that first one. I, I think he might have called it a little thin and just buried it into the lip. Um, but what a what a tough break! What an absolute tough break!
0: Yeah, I mean, I, again, I don't. Some people I've been seeing said, "Oh, he should have hit a three wood off the tee," but everyone hits driver off that hole. Almost everyone I see hits driver off that hole, and yeah. and in today's day and age. They hit way more drivers than they used to, and I'm sure there's a stats guru out there that'll tell us that was the play that hit the hit driver. And like I said before, like we talked about with Mito at the PGA, you can still make a bad swing with the three wood and miss the fairway. It's not guaranteed. Uh, without
1: without question. And I, that, go ahead, sorry.
0: I I question trying to go for out of that bunker more so than the tee shot.
1: I don't disagree.
0: He says, I saw a quote. He said, he goes, I had clearance, I had enough space there, but man, it looked. From TV, and I know TV doesn't do it justice. It looks really close to the lip, never mind the face. Um, yes, it did. You know, to, just to clear the the grass, lip was close, and then he had to get over the the hill, the face of the bunker as well. And so, I don't know. You know, it looked like he almost like topped that thing into the. It was like a pure bone right into the lip.
1: that's exactly right. It's exactly what it looked like—a pure bone right into the lip. And you know, he he's a little bit fortunate that it even came out, didn't bury up in there.
0: Yeah, actually, it came um, almost backwards. It probably gave him a little more clearance for the next shot.
1: But that, That's exactly right, and it could have gotten right back in the divot, and it got just on the back edge yeah. of it, and it was sitting up a little bit, which gave him the opportunity to even play another shot from there. Yeah. Um, but I, I would argue that it's if you've been hitting driver all week and you're under the gun, that you don't necessarily want to go to a different club. I understand the Monday morning quarterback of saying, oh, I just should have hit three wood there. No shit. That's real easy to look back on and say that. Like, uh, come on. I think in the moment, if you look at it, say I've been hitting driver all week. I've done it every day. Everyone's here hitting driver. I'm not. I'm not going to hit three wood. I'm going to go ahead and stick to my game plan. This is what got me here. And I'll go. I I don't think he hit the wrong club off the tee. Did he tug at a hair? Sure. I mean, sure. But at the end of the day, he just kind of got a bad break um the ball ran up close to that lip and i shouldn't say it's a bad break necessarily it's just he he put himself in a tough position and at the end of the day it it ended up costing him the golf tournament
0: yeah and he had to hit basically a perfect shot out of that bunker to get it up and on the green to make an easy par um you know in hindsight too you know he let's just say he does he does you know just pitch it out of the bunker and then tries to get up and down because Xander made a birdie, he would have had to have getting up and down. Now, does does he does does Xander change what he does? Obviously, the pressure was kind of off at that point. Xander had like a lob wedge in, I think, or a sand wedge in. So, you know, I don't think once once he saw he was standing back in the tee watching, and he saw saw what Thagala did, and he knew at that point, you know, par wins it. Um, so it takes a lot of pressure on him there. So you don't know how. You know, the gala make it a par or a bogey how that affects what xander does but
1: well I, I think still can't take away from him for stuffing that shot because at the same time it is easy to say well it definitely freed him up a little bit but you still gotta hit a, go- a, a golf shot to win a golf tournament oh yeah and it is still the pga tour
0: yeah he could get a little one scooby of the with best that. tours wedge. in the world yeah um, the best tour in the world and <laughs> slide that past me
1: Oh, that's fantastic. Um, th- there's still some pressure there. I don't. I don't care what anyone says. I mean, guy yeah. hadn't won in four years. Again, a bet I would have lost. But getting back in it to stand up there and stuff it that way and just go ahead and just put an end on it. Don't worry about going to the range, boys. This thing's fucking over. Well done. Uh, yeah, kudos to him. And uh, we'll see. I mean, sometimes when a player, especially of his caliber, and we've seen it before gets a good win sometimes it opens up and we, we could see this come in bunches and it certainly wouldn't surprise any of us to see him rattle off two or three wins as often as he puts himself no and attention. again like
0: just going after those stats i mean he doesn't have a weakness um no. he's had an incredible record in majors even though he hasn't won he has a ton of top 10 finishes so he can play tough golf courses he can play really any golf course uh if it's a birdie faster you know, a golf course where parts a good score. He he seems like he can do it and kind of kind of adjust to any any venue that they're at. Short, long, you know, wide no touch. He,
1: he's he's not long, but he's long enough to play any any major golf course. I want to say he's mid to high one seventy ball speeds. I want to say he's somewhere between like one seventy six and one seventy eight tipped out. And if you can if you can get that one seventy five plus, you can play damn near anywhere. You know, you might not be hitting the Rory Bryson numbers, but you're
0: still. Yeah, you're not flying those bunkers at a 330 like some of those guys are doing. But uh, no, you're not
1: flying those bunkers. But with his short game um, and his approach to the green, he can afford to hit an extra club in there. Yeah. You know, and, and at the same time, what he's hitting eight iron where the boys are hitting nine iron, it's not like we're watching guys play these golf tournaments and they're hitting five irons and four irons in every week. Correct so you know at the end of the day they're still hitting a mid to short iron in to most of
0: these holes but yeah so those those are obviously the two guys that stand out to me and i again i hope Tagala, this doesn't hurt him you know he is he's a fun guy to watch he wears his emotions on his sleeve and um dropping clubs and you know he's always fist pumping and he's just it just seems to be like a fun guy to watch play and be in contention so hopefully he can be in contention more and it doesn't scar him and he had that close call at phoenix earlier this year um and was in tears afterwards so obviously that didn't scar him and he got back to this so um seems like a fun fun character to have when more and more guys on the tour these days seem to be um, showing less emotion and less characters than they're than there maybe used to be um back in the day so. Um, the other takeaway is Michael Bornson, 20 year old amateur, 100%.
1: I was early in the day. I was like, that's my guy. That's who I'm rooting for.
0: Yeah. Like I was, I was at my in-laws. That's why I couldn't watch it as much as I would have liked. And I kind of looked at my phone and saw that he was one back and I was like, oh shit, I gotta go back and watch this golf. And of course, then I put it on right as he's on twelve makes a makes a he double 12 or he double 13. Um, oh, he just bogeyed him. He, he bogeyed back to back holes there. 12 and 13, right when I turn on uh, the coverage, but I'm like, son of a bitch. So obviously he's a Massachusetts guy. Reason I like him, but goes to Stanford um qualified for the U S open last week and played. And I mean, he was cruising. He was what? Five under six under on the day through 11 and then made those bogeys.
1: Well, the- Think about it even more impressive. This isn't a, this was not a poor field.
0: No, this it's strong. A very yeah. strong
1: field. So he did this up against the best players in the world for the most part. Um, And you got to give some credit to getting out there under the gun and competing on such a tough venue. Uh, it definitely is somewhere that brought out, I thought, a good mix of players. And you saw the more, The craftier players, I should say, um, seem to play well here, not the guys that just kind of play one game, the guys that could kind of figure out a way to move the ball multiple directions. And, you know, the complete players, you have Rory being a long player is still a very complete player. And he was obviously absolutely on fire before he made that eight, which is still mind numbing that he went from this tournament's over to, hey, guys, you guys, it's yours now. I'll be back here. And well, yeah, so that was moments.
0: like what, he had played like what 45 holes or 50 holes at that point, And it was just no, it was on. during round two. So yeah. he had played Oh yeah, yeah, it was uh, okay. So he, he had played, played like 27 holes. holes. Yeah. yeah,
1: something like there. Something like that. So um but I mean 62, then he shot uh 31 on the front, birdied 11, then made an eight, then made another double double down the yeah. stretch. Um and he still He's still t nineteen, still top twenty, and only shot seventy two on the day with the eight and the double, yeah. or eight in the quad. So six over and shot uh, six over on those two holes and shot two over.
0: Yeah, well, you, like you were saying, go back to your point on the golf course and you just look at this leaderboard. There's bombers. We got Keith Mitchell up there, played well, mm-hmm. top ten. He tied with Kevin Kisner. You know. Yep,
1: that's exactly right. That's exactly right. I'm Brian Harmon,
0: Ches Reeve. Um, But then you get some guys that can move it uh, a, as well. So it definitely was, you know, Finau, Scheffler, top 15. You yeah. got all kinds of guys in different, different mix and um, different games that, that played well and contended, which is usually a sign of a pretty damn good golf course.
1: That only played 68 and a half. Yeah. That's fantastic. And that, that's what I've been preaching forever on this thing. you know, It does not have to be a long golf course to be a difficult golf course. And I would argue that we get a better product. The fan does by watching multiple players play the same course differently, seeing two different ways to go about it, but also having a similar rate of success.
0: But I I wouldn't say it was that difficult a golf course. I mean, you got to think 19 under one, but it was a, it gave you a variety of players. I wouldn't say it was very difficult. That's fair
1: it was a good test i should say
0: um it got a lot of different guys in the mix which yeah. which is good it wasn't you know wasn't a single digit under par winner or even you know 10 11 12 but it also wasn't the 25s and 26s that we've seen early in the year you
1: no know, we saw a lot of good players miss the cut
0: yeah yep so uh, but yeah michael your bornson i love it um hopefully he he looks the part already you know he just—if you didn't have an A next to his name when they popped him on the screen, most guys that you know had never heard of him would have just assumed he was a, a professional. He just yep. looks the part, um, and has been playing well. I think he's a fifteenth ranked amateur in the country, which I'm not sure how they do those rankings and points. But hopefully he goes way up after making a, a solo fourth finish in a PJ Tour event. He needs to skyrocket on those amateur rankings. You would think
1: so. Well, and one of them is going to be. Um, vacating that list this week, one of the guys above him.
0: Uh, that's that's right, we'll get there in a minute. And I, I should have brought this up. Um, so Theor Bornsen uh, had a crazy stat in the Massachusetts State Am a couple of years ago. He was playing in the finals against Matt Parziali, who was the U.S. mid am champ a few years ago, qual- qualified to get to play at Augusta. And it's a 36 hole final for the mass am and he absolutely curb stomped Matt Parziali and put up stupid numbers. And I'm gonna to try to find this while I am um promotion while I'm talking here. So Parziali shots in the opening 18. Parziali shoots 67. He was six down <laughs> in the opening eighteen holes of the Mass Am last year, the twenty twenty one Mass Am. The final round, he shoots a sixty seven, and at lunch, the lunch break, he is six down. I think he ended up losing seven and six um, on the event. And in was the alley do like, I don't, I'm not sure what I can do. Like he shot uh, Bornson shot sixty two in the opening eighteen. Get you some of that. Get you some of that. So play hard. Uh, yeah. So the kid the kid's good. Kid's very good. Playing and obviously you're gonna play at Stanford. You're gonna be damn good and you get to the US open.
1: So no, uh, he's got a lot going for him, especially you know, it's amazing what he's able to accomplish being from Massachusetts. And
0: again, with the Massachusetts shots, <laughs> you want to talk about your shirtless friends down there in uh, Florida again, or what? We have two only thing, The only thing you guys are good at in Florida are making stupid headlines. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was fun. It was fun in the moment. <laughs>
0: um, But yeah, so we had, we had some other golf too. So, and I tried to pay attention to a lot of things for, for different reasons. Um, We had the KPMG women's pj championship at congressional that we kind of did a quick plug for last week i watched a good bit of that um seemed like the times that was on just just fit better in my schedule this week and i also wanted to get a good look at congressional which looked fucking awesome yeah it, did. it looked so good it's so different i mean all the holes are essentially the same except for number 10 it's still a par three but they've pretty drastically changed it um but they've recontoured all the fairways, all the all the bunkering is different. The greens are different, you know. But essentially, the hole is it was a par four before. It's, it's still a par four now. But it looked great. Andrew Green, tip of the cap to you, sir. It, you did a fantastic job up there. Um, Pete Went, superintendent, had the golf course looking primo, and I thought it was uh, entertaining. NG Chun wins her third major, first win in a few years, kind of long drought, like Xander. She went off to a blazing start through two days. She shoots 75 75 on the weekend and still wins because she had that big of a lead. Um, but I think, again, maybe the bigger storyline is not necessarily the winner, but Lexi Thompson, I don't know if she's ever going to win another golf tournament. And it kind of pains me to say that at one point, you know, she was the golden child. Um, The next great young American out there turns pro at an early age. was U.S. Open at 14 or whatever it was. I don't know. Did you see any of this? I did not. I I saw very, very little of it. So NG Chun shoots a a 64 on day one, had like a six stroke lead. No one even was close to her. She puts up a 69 on day two, kind of extends the lead a little bit, and then started to falter and falter and falter. But the golf course got harder and harder and harder on the weekend. So not many people are making you know charges. But Lexi, Birdie's 15. So, first of all, she had a two and a half footer on 14 for par that she completely misses the hole. Then Bogie or Birdie's the hardest hole in the golf course, has a two shot lead going to 16 par five. Hits the almost hits the green and two just off the green. Walks off tied, three putts 17. So it's a two shot lead with three to play and gagged it away. She goes bogey, bogey, par. NG Chun goes birdie, par, par, and closes it out, closes it out, and wins it. And just watching Lexi, man, do the nerves bother her. I mean, she had a couple of chips off the tight, you know, fairway length grass. One of them she just essentially just boned over the green. And her putting stroke, I mean, changes from Thursday to Sunday. It's bad. She's got demons. She blew what a so this five or six shot lead last year at the U.S. Women's Open at the Olympic Club, and it's it's almost like a train wreck. It's like it's hard to watch, but you can't look away. Like yeah. it's like I shouldn't say train wreck since actually there was an uh, Amtrak train wreck today. But um, <laughs> four choice of words there, but um, you know what I'm what I'm talking about. I don't know where she goes. She puts with a glove on. She, every time I see her play, she's got a different putter in the bag. She's now doing, she puts with her glove on and then has a claw grip or a saw grip, a pencil grip, whatever you want to call it. And I, I don't know. I, I don't, she didn't speak to the media afterwards. Um, she got fined for slow play after the event. They put her on the clock on 16. And then after the event was over, they fined her $2,000 because she didn't meet the times coming in down the stretch. Um, I mean, I, think that
1: was in a response to not speaking to the media.
0: It could have been, I don't know, but man, she is just—I don't want to call it snake bitten because she's kind of doing it to herself. It's not like people are. I mean, NG Chung was looking to give this tournament to someone, sure, um, and Lexi had it there, and then she w- we watched it fade again. So I don't know. It was kind of heartbreaking, um, but also kind of intriguing to watch at the same time. <laughs> It yeah. was just fascinating to watch this woman try to putt, and you need to go back and look at some of the highlights. And her putting stroke looks awful, awful, awful. And it's like there's no rhythm, there's no tempo to it. It's jabby. She almost like moves her whole upper body on this one putt from like 40 feet, and has like no speed control. And it's like, whew, I don't know, she needs some serious like mental work. <laughs> like, let's lay down on a couch yeah, and talk it's about not some physical. things.
1: That's exactly right. Yeah. It's not physical when it's like that. It's without question, mental and you got to figure out a way to get it, get out of it. I I would argue mental and a totally new technique. She needs to try arm lock broomstick, something, something drastic because what she's doing right now is obviously not the answer. And we don't, we don't see any progression in sight. At least not in a positive direction.
0: No. And I, I don't think she's tried the arm lock thing. Um, I you mean, know, I haven't like paid attention to exactly what she does all the time because she changes it all the time. But yeah, she's got to do something completely different. Um, Do fucking side saddle or something. I don't care. Whatever's legal, try yeah. it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, um, she is, we talk about like, you know, the Will's Al Taurus, right? She's essentially the LPGA version of Will's Al Taurus. Just a unbelievable ball striker. She hammers this ball past all these girls is a great iron player. And then when she gets around the greens and it's in, it's, it's really for her. It's more, you know, will's really just the short putts. She is chipping long putts, short putts. It's just like any kind of nervy shot is, is tough.
1: Will still makes a bunch of his putts. I mean, uh, he
0: does. Yeah. They still go in. It's not pretty.
1: Like, don't be wrong. He'll, he'll have a bad three putt from a short distance at some point, almost inevitably but he still makes a ton of putts inside of that or right around that 10 foot mark. Um that that ends up getting him some of uh allows him to take advantage of some of the good shots he hits into the green, but also yeah. allows him to get up and down and save some really uh really good pars that can be also costly if you're starting to miss those putts.
0: Yeah. So it's it's somewhat similar to an extent but um you know, she's got one major win in her career. I think she's got like 11 or 12 victories it feels like she should have more than that with how good she hits it and how much longer she is it's just i mean that's it's an advantage on the PJ tour to be long but for some of these girls that are way longer i mean the disparity from the longest hitters to the shortest hitters on the lpga tour are way greater than on the pga tour um absolutely and so she she needs to be winning more and i I don't know if she can overcome some of this stuff because it's it's getting bad now and it's it's like she's she sniffs a win and then boom, she's out. It's just like, okay, here it comes. When's it coming? Oh, and there it is. You know, a couple three footers that she didn't even sniff the hole. She had a yeah. five footer, didn't even come close to hitting the hole. Even the hell, she had a birdie putt to essentially on 18. She hit a she had a bad drive in the rough, hit a fantastic iron shot to a tough pin. She had like a 12 footer up the hill, which is it was hard to get to that spot because it was uh, on the side of the water. And NG Chun had a long birdie putt from off the green that she ran like six feet by. So Lexi has this putt to tie for the lead, potentially win if there's a make miss situation and put pressure on Chun and short and right. Didn't even sniff the hole, didn't even get to the hole. Like, ah, oh, Lexi, come on, what are you doing? You go to putt, you have to make this putt has to go in the hole. And yep. she just like whiffs it and can't get it there. And so it's, I don't know, it's tough, tough to watch. So, um, that was my, my LPGA take, but, um, congressional again, this looked primo. And if Andrew green would ever return any of my texts, we'll get him on this podcast to talk about it. But, um, he's been ghosting. Like he's, me he's been ghosting me. He's like, yeah, 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 I'll do it. And then every time I text him, Hey, what about, you know, what your schedule look like, but he is a, he is a busy man. And so hopefully at one point we'll, we'll get him on here to talk about that, Yeah, 100%. but it looks good. Um, I need to get up there to, to play some golf. It's, uh, was a good spot before. It looks even better now, but a uh, couple of little points, uh, us senior open won by Padraig Harrington at Socken Valley. Uh, Rob LaBritz PGA professional. Yeah. I'm following him. Big fan. Rob LaBritz, um, from Glen Arbor club up in Westchester, New York is actually the, uh, previous boss of my assistant golf professional, Tyler reason. um, I'm not sure if LeBritz is as cool or as witty as myself, but he's definitely got me sure in in the playing uh category. So uh Tyler definitely went down in the playing uh, ability of his boss and head golf professional. But yeah, so it was it was cool to see Rob. He he got his tour card, turns 50, and goes to Q school last year. I think he medaled, uh was in medals at Q school, he got his champions tour card and has been playing pretty some pretty decent golf, but Gets into the second to last group on Sunday with Ernie Els, And I think he finished what fourth. Um, maybe T fourth, T fifth. and He had a late double. Um that cost him some money. So he's t- he's tied fourth, but that that double cost him big time. He would have finished solo third uh if he didn't make that that late double on 17. Yeah. So big, big payday. It's gonna be a lot of points for him. And yeah, just just cool to see someone who absolutely Going against, you know, you're talking about Patrick Harrington and Stricker and, you know, Miguel Alha Jimenez and paired with Ernie yells some guys who have done this at a very high level for their entire life, essentially, and have won the biggest offense. Um, he's he's right next to them and and playing well. So, uh, no,
1: it's awesome to see. And I, I certainly um, know where he is currently, obviously going through what my dad did trying to play and uh coming out of the club pro side and it's so awesome to see one of the guys get through especially winning q school the hardest qualifying school in the world it's the senior Tour qualifying school so the fact that he went out there and won um and is getting out there and having some some good success on tour is so cool to see it's great for the pga uh it's great for the champions tool, tour as well because at the end of the day i know they're so concerned with a name and selling a product. But if you have great golf being played, that's going to help sell your product Mm -hmm. as well. So I I'm excited to see Rob out there and, uh, I hope it opens the door for more guys. I I hope they relax that, that qualifying school to let more players gain access, especially good players that can get out there and compete with the guys. Um, so we'll, we'll see where it goes, but I'm certainly going to be following the story the whole way.
0: Yeah, and it's very rare that you get fresh faces, right? On the champions tour. Mm-hmm. Normally they're guys you've you've watched play golf for 30 years, and you're like, okay, well, I've seen Padre Carrington play before. Like, cool, you know. Um, and they're great guys, not to say anything, they take anything wrong from those away from those guys, but we've just seen them for so many years. And occasionally you'll get some guys that maybe didn't really do anything when they were on the PJ tour, and then they get kind of resurgent when they get to the champions tour and and do You look at a guy like Gene Sowers, who's had an unbelievable champions tour career. Yeah. Didn't do that much, right? When he was on the PJ tour, was just kind of one of those uh, journeyman veterans. Was always on the tour, but made a decent number of cuts to keep his money and keep his card. And um, sure. but to see a, a Rob Brits, you don't see like a completely fresh face on the Champions Tour very often. So no, I agree. It's awesome to see. But so that was that was cool to see as well. And then before we get into um, two other things, before we get into the Craziness of these tours. Nick Faldo's retiring. Next he will year. certainly
1: be missing the booth. Uh,
0: Trevor Immelman is um, going to replace him, and I'm okay with it.
1: I think, I think- Trevor's done a good job. He's not going to be as controversial as Nick's been uh, in you know in his history, but Trevor I think's been somewhat groomed for a larger role. And I think that the role that he's had, he's done a great job. I think he brings some really good analytics to the game. Uh, He's a very, very reasonable voice so far. Uh, So, you know, I I think it's a good replacement.
0: Yeah, I like it. I mean, I I loved Faldo when he first came out, which was surprising because I didn't like him as a player. And I wasn't sure how I was going to like him when he got into the booth. And I did like him. And he grew on me. and And then the last couple of years, I feel like you can almost see like he's cashing it in a little bit like he's just not putting in the effort maybe not looking at the research of the numbers as much and his takes are a little stale and almost a little too old school for what's happening in today's world and I think Immelman's a little more connected to the players now I mean he's going to be the president's cup captain um this year and I think like you said with the analytics and that kind of stuff I think he's he's better and I think it's always good to have a fresh a fresh voice in there and I, I like uh Immelman, when he's on there, his brother's great uh on on course reporter as well. And um yeah, so I, I'm not gonna say I'm I'm hurt by the Faldo retiring. I think Immelman will be a good um a good replacement. And yeah, I think it's fine with me, but but noteworthy, one of the big names in the game. And obviously there's really just two two networks that, that cover it. So if one of the color guys leaves, it's um it's newsworthy. But well,
1: it'll be interesting to see how long he stays away. Because this will really be the the first time he's disconnected from the week in, week out tour life. Yeah. So some guys will find solace in it. Other guys will figure out a way to get back involved some some form or fashion. So it, it'll be interesting. I think the I think it'll be something that has that initial luster to it for Faldo. But over time, let's let's see where his itch ends up being um he's he's had a hell of a career both on course off the course and you know i got a lot of respect for the guy he's always been a little bit controversial he's always said what he's felt and i i think our sports always needed that mm-hmm. um and again i look forward to see what trevor Immelman's gonna bring
0: i wouldn't be surprised if we get that faldo back mm-hmm. again of kind of saying what i was mind if he's going out of the game right he's like ah fuck i got nothing to lose i don't care if i piss these guys off um okay exactly right and he, he made a couple of comments about About Brooks this weekend that that made some headlines, Um, but uh, yeah, so maybe we'll get a little bit more of the early years of Faldo uh, in this last little run here. I won't mind that little, you know, needle these guys a little bit more. So I agree. Um, And last thing, real fast, did you see Augusta might be lengthening the thirteenth hole? Pictures came Uh, up.
1: There's no might about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it looks pretty pretty clear that they are, uh, you know eureka earth whatever the hell that is they love taking photos um of augusta and they're always the first ones to show any of the work that's going on in summertime at at augusta every year and it's it's pretty clear it looks like they are lengthening the 13th hole yeah
1: there's a guy somewhere that is very wealthy and owns a satellite and is also a binge golfer yeah and he he's just like hey we gotta get some augusta picks let's 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 reposition the satellite tonight. let's
0: yeah, let's rotate it a few clicks yeah um but yeah i mean it's it looks like i mean they've owned that land there i know they bought that land from augusta country club which which backs up to the 13th and in the, in the 12th holes there uh a few years ago they had to basically pay augusta country club to redo their golf course so they could own that land and they did it and they said here you go augusta who's you know, however much money you need to to reconfigure your golf course so we can own this land. And they just kind of planted trees and they haven't just have been sitting on it and have been pretty non-committal over the last few years of what they're going to do, even though there's been uh, leaks, excuse me, that they've been rumored to wanting to uh, lengthen it. And it looks like they have finally decided to after looking at at some of these pictures. So um, that will be, be interesting to see. I think it's
1: the easiest way to do it, but I don't necessarily agree with it. But then again, are you really going to redesign a fairway complex or a green at one of the most, you know, storied venues of all time?
0: One of the most famous holes in golf, you know? So it's, uh, we'll see. We'll see if, if how far back they go, how much it will change, you know, come April with these guys and if it changes what they hit or the shot shape or. Makes it a, a it's not going to make it. A, I, they can't go far back to make it a true three shot hole anymore. But maybe you just you give guys just a little bit more pause going for it if they got a a four iron or a hybrid in versus you know some of these guys are hitting seven eight irons in and it's just
1: well and I, I like that but I don't necessarily think that removing making a three shot hole makes it better. Yeah, it could argue that it makes it more difficult, but that's one of the best shots you get to see all year.
0: Yeah. It's one of the best risk reward shots.
1: 100%. You want to say we're cutting over to tiger at 13 for a second. I promise you I'm tuning in.
0: Yeah. Yep. I agree. So we'll, uh, yeah, we'll see. I was always interesting there. I was in the news when, when they're tweaking um, the golf course and it it pretty much gets some sort of little nip and tuck every year. And this is a, a, a bigger one that'll make bigger headlines come, come April but all right let's let's get into some of the the tour news so um as far as the live news goes it's really okay there's an event in Portland this week
1: we've beaten this thing into the fucking ground yeah let's just just talk about who's who's playing we know what it's about we'll cover it next week after because I'm going to watch so we will cover it next week but let's a couple other guys had a great opportunity monetarily that they decided to go. The biggest story to me is the number two ranked amateur in the world. Same way I said James Piot and uh, the other guy um, taking it was also huge because it's now removing your feeder system to the PGA Tour and giving them an alternative choice. That to me is entertaining. We beat that up on you, here too. So you think I,
0: that's that's a that's a bigger name or bigger move than Brooks?
1: It's, it's bigger in golf because to me, if you start disrupting the way people get to the PGA tour, I think it starts to really, really raise some eyebrows because it's one thing to take. Sure. Brooks is top talent. I'm not going to say he's not bag of dicks, but top talent. (laughs) Um, It's one thing to take players like lee westwood players like phil guys are a little bit past their prime and could use a a great great opportunity to um, pad their bank accounts when you start removing the best young players in the game before they even get to the pga tour that they're choosing that over the opportunity of even playing on the pga tour especially considering the sanctions that have been put in place that to me raises eyebrows i mean i Again, I don't know where this thing shakes out. but
0: So I, I think it's a mild concern for the PGA Tour. But the reason I'm not, I wouldn't panic on the PGA Tour. It's because the Live Tour, they don't really want these young amateurs. I mean, if you said, hey, you can have 48 of the top 60 in the world, they're going to take the top 48. They're going to toss these ams out the 100%. window, the James 100%. Pius, 100%. and, um, these guys and say, you know, Andy Ogletree said actually Ogletree's already out. He's one and done. Um, you know, so they're, they're going to toss these kids to the curb in a, in a second, if they could, if you tell Greg and Norman, Hey, you can have 48 of the top 60 guys in the world, 48 of the top hundred, these kids are going to the curb. So that's why if I was a PJ tour, I'm like, okay, right now they're going there, but, the bigger threat is still for the PGA tours if they keep poaching the big guys. Um, because that's what the live guys sure. ultimately want. They're just okay, cool, we'll get some cool high-end AMs to fill out the bottom part of the of the field. Um, because we need guys. But it's really, you know, I think Brooks to me is the bigger, bigger one. Again, he is, you know, I was I've been calling this the douchebag tour for a while, and that was before they added Brooks Bryson. And Patrick Reed now they have like just murderers row of douchebags they got every douchebag on the PGA tour to come to this um it's quite quite a lineup and I'm actually some people have asked me you know at the club oh you must be happy all these guys are off the tour well no not really because I think having some of those guys that are disliked and are villains are are good It enhances the story. Yeah. It's more drama. Drama helps the PGA tour. I would rather these guys be on the PGA tour from that standpoint. I don't have to like them. I don't have to root for them, but having them around just creates a little bit more chaos and it's a little bit more interesting, but man, do they have some douchebags on the live golf tour? Holy cow.
1: Oh, you're not, you're not incorrect. And I, I, I don't disagree that Brooks is probably the bigger story.
0: I just like how he just went. I know he he did that stupid-ass press conference at the U.S. Open. Like, he was so offended by the questions and was complaining to the media that they were the problem here and all this kind of stuff. And he's had all kinds of quotes against this. Um, It even sounds like he was telling fellow guys on tour and people involved with the game that he wasn't going and wasn't going and wasn't going. And then all of a sudden, something... Swish. Obviously, he got a big enough check to say okay. Uh,
1: his brother's check cleared and he got a big <laughs> offer.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, but like, you know, even even back a couple months ago, Brooks was like, Yeah, I'm not going. I know some people will sell out. Um, well, looks like you can sell out too there, Brooks. That's, using- that's
1: exactly right. And I, I think his brother was a pawn, quite frankly. And I also think his brother's a house deal. We'll have they'll have 47 top players in Chase Kepka. I mean yeah. the guy's ranked sixteenth sixteen hundredth in the yeah. world right now yeah um you can't tell me they couldn't get 47 other guys ranked a little higher a little like, higher it, than that there's there's uh i don't know there's some stink on it from where i sit it just doesn't smell right because it, it, chase kapka got in and you tell me you couldn't get 47 other guys and chase yeah. Kepka with, gets without a, without
0: a comma, you couldn't get 47 in the top 1000 in come on
1: that's all i'm saying with the money <laughs> that they're throwing out so to me, it's like, all right, was Chase always kind of a, hey, give my brother a spot and give me a shit ton of money, and you know, we'll talk about it. You know, we'll we'll talk about it. They get Chase yeah. in. I don't know. Maybe that's me being a fucking
0: no, conspiracy theorist. I mean, I I, I think uh, you're right. I mean, that was an odd name right from the get go when that first list came out. Absolutely. Um, of the yeah, of the,
1: all of a sudden it was like the puzzle pieces just fell into place when you saw Brooks defect.
0: Yeah. So, um but yeah, you had what Abe answers now gone the Spanish sensation. Matt Wolf Mind blowing. is now gone today. Um, the amateur from Oklahoma State. I forget his name mainly because it's hard to pronounce. Chachara, Chachigri, Chachurn, something like that. I don't know. I apologize. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. Um, he he went. I feel like there was one more I'm missing. Oh, uh, Carlos Ortiz. Yeah. Um, has gone as well. Uh, Jason Kokrak still hasn't gone, even though he's sponsored by Golf Saudi and everyone thought he was going after he had the walk off. Um, on Friday, we don't know that yet,
1: unless we have coordinates on where he is right this second. We don't know that yet. Cause they said five more players were being announced. They've only released three.
0: Well, I think there was only, they released the field a couple days ago and there was only three spots left.
1: Oh, I thought it was five spots left.
0: I thought it was only three. I can double check that. Um, so I, I thought it was. I guess answer was in at that point and Brooks was in at that point. So I think it was the amateur Wolf and Carlos Ortiz to take the last three spots, at least for this week's event. Gotcha. Um, in Portland, which I guess they're going to have all kinds of protesting and there's all kinds of shit going down. People in Portland are not happy that this thing is happening.
1: Um, well, well um, could have asked an American about how that was going to go down in Portland. I don't care what side you're on. The well, so, well, so also
0: to. there's a deeper story that I, didn't, I wasn't aware of. There was a 15-year-old girl who was run over and killed a few years ago. And it was by a 21-year-old kid who was a Saudi national who was here for school. And he was getting ready to stand trial for like manslaughter, reckless driving, one other charge. He was wearing a monitor, uh, ankle bracelet to monitor him. He went missing, took it off, and it turns out the Saudis flew a private jet over, got him out of the country, you know. So there's a little bit more than just the typical Portland stuff um, as it relates to specifically Saudi Arabia. I did not uh, know any of that. Over there with, with that story of them basically coming in and stealing this guy back. Um, and they, they finally told the United States 13 months afterwards, that they had him um, over there. So he never stood trial, never had justice, you know, that whole kind of thing. And so they're, they're ticked off that uh, it's a little bit more for them yeah. than it is for, for others. Yeah, uh, it's hitting, hitting a little closer to home. So it might be a little bit of a shit show. Um, you know, and that, again, this is the first event on us soil. And so it, it could be just a little bit more media, a little bit more drama, a um, little bit more of a spotlight on it. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. But one other quick live story before we get to the PJ Tour um, story with their changes. It was interesting to see. So Pearson Cootie, stud collegiate out of University of Texas. Uh, his really brother, Parker player. Cootie, uh, identical twin. Um, they just both recently graduated after winning the national championship. Their uh, grandfather. Um, Charles Cootie. Charles Cootie. Long time uh, PGA professional major winner.
1: He was a master's winner. If I'm not mistaken. He was.
0: Yep. Um, came out that live golf offered Pearson cootie, um, I guess through maybe his agent, through his dad, I guess it's through his dad. The story said uh, a multi-million dollar contract to go. He was hemming and harring. They then said, okay, well, we'll also offer your brother. A car. We want you because Pearson, I guess is the, the more accomplished better, better of the better two player. yeah but they're like well we'll we'll offer your brother a contract as well for you to come and they turned it down um i guess their dad wasn't crazy about it they weren't crazy about it the comments from pearson was like hey you know that's great and all but i've never dreamt of playing on the live golf tour i grew up dreaming of winning pj tour events and that's what i want to do and he he got into the he's been um he's gotten into three corn ferry tour events through the pj tour u which is kind of their avenue to get these yeah. high collegiate athletes a uh, card easier, um, and he goes out and he wins the event by like five this weekend in Maine on the Corn Ferry Tour. So, a little bit of a little karma there, maybe if you believe in that kind of thing. Well, he you turns- can
1: go ahead and watch out for him, buddy. I can go ahead and promise you, uh, we will see him on the PGA Tour. We will see him cashing big checks, barring in in injury or a massive live golf offer. <laughs> Yeah. um
0: you will go going-
1: and the funny part that you bring up the brother part almost confirms the kepka deal
0: yeah oh yeah pretty much yeah um yeah they're willing to make make deals not just with money but with you know helping you out in some some form or fashion so they can negotiate a lot of things to try to get you over there i did
1: find it funny that i saw someone i can't remember who who uh, mentioned it said yeah you, they'll pay you well but if they want you at your, at their wife's birthday party, you're going to their wife's birthday party.
0: Oh yeah. there's starting to be rumors of like, these guys haven't really realized what they're going to be asked to do. Again, they're under, they're under contract for essentially the Saudi Arabian government. So, you know, um, they're going to be asked to have to go to some things that maybe make them uncomfortable or their wives uncomfortable. Um, I don't want to speculate. I have heard some some innuendo and rumors of of things. Um, I don't know if I said it on this podcast or not, but I guess some of the wives are not happy because um, apparently some nefarious things have happened at the Saudi international event the last few years with some of these guys. That they hop on a boat with some of these crown princes and they go to international waters, and um, that's kind of what I've what I've heard, you know, through the rumor. Mill and so I guarantee it. Now, uh, there's even maybe potentially a rumor out there that the reason Ricky hasn't joined the tour yet is because his wife is adamantly against it. So, um, something to, to ponder there, but kind of going back to I'm surprised
1: Tiger would take his yacht that far. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Privacy is the name of his yacht, That's right. um, That's right. but uh. So going back to the, the whole Cooties, you know, the Cootie brothers and kind of what you were saying about um, live poaching the young guys is, you know, they have PGA Tour you and I, I think it's top 10 guys get their corn fairy status right out of college. Five. Five, top five? Okay, sorry, top five. Um, I would love to see them potentially expand that and say the top two guys or top one, you're the winner, you get your PGA Tour card. You get to skip it all. You're the number one collegiate player. You're probably one of the top hands in the country boom you're going straight to the PJ tour yeah, and then I, give i agree with that and then give like and this isn't, isn't a completely original idea i saw someone on twitter kind of say something similar i'm changing it up a little bit from what i heard but then say hey if you're top top right guys to the PJ tour the top two guys go to the PGA tour, top three however you want to do it and then the next five or six guys whatever it is get their corn fairy card and then the next 10 get their choice of a Latin American card or a Canadian tour card. Let them, boom, get right onto a tour immediately.
1: Without question. I know if I'm not mistaken, it is um, first place gets a full corn fairy card. The next four get a conditional corn fairy card. It's not even full status for the next four. So I think it gets them in to a point to where they get to a reshuffle, yeah. but it is it is not full status for positions two through five. I know you're looking it up right now, so I'm trying
0: you, to find it right now. Yeah, correct me if I'm if I'm incorrect on that. No, I, I and I'm. It sounds like you know more about it than me, but um, yeah, I, I I hope they extend that maybe a little bit moving forward. However, that takes us into the you know the PJ tour. Jay Monahan had a press conference and they had a huge um, pack meeting last week after we did the podcast on Monday night. They, they all met on Tuesday and have made some kind of s- somewhat sweeping changes. Some of it's going back to what they used to do a little bit. So they're changing the PJ tour calendar instead of this whole wraparound season, super season, basically never ending golf season that we now have that we have all complained about on this podcast. And we think that there's too many events and too many pointless events. They're going back to the January to August season and calendar. Um, this is to the placate the top guys because the top guys feel like, hey, they they play a lot. They're playing in all of the playoff events in the fall. Then they then have to go play in the Ryder Cup, President's Cup, and they want some time off. But the fall series has already started, and these guys are getting FedEx Cup points, and they feel like they're falling behind. They have to go play a couple. And so they don't want to take the whole winter off. Or fall off and then come back in January and February and be way behind the eight ball in, in FedEx Cup points. So they're play king to them. So they don't have to go play. There's still going to be a fall series. It's just going to be for guys to figure out their card and their status and their priority ranking for the next year. They have shrunk their FedEx Cup playoffs. So it's only the top 70 make the first event and are guaranteed their card the next year, full card then top 50, then top 30 for the Tour Championship. They then have have added, curious number, $54 million to some purses on their elevated events. And their elevated events are obviously the players, but then you got Bay Hill, uh, Riviera, Muirfield, FedEx St. Jude, uh, the BMW Championship, I know I'm forgetting one or two of the century tournament champions. So they've elevated all these purses up to, I think 15 million for century tournament champions since the limited field event. And then it's 20 million for the rest, 25 million for the players. They're then going to do a three part international series, 50 players, no cut guaranteed money. They're going to do it worldwide. So it's going to be like Europe, the middle East, Asia, um, they're not going to be FedEx cup point events. So the guys don't even really have to play with playing them, but if they want to go and make a check that's guaranteed with a big purse, they can do that. And so this is the PGA tours way of trying to combat live. They're going out a little bit on a limb here. And so if you listen to Monahan and from what I've read, it seems like he was fairly truthful and not very, you know, he was telling it like it is. So, people are like oh my god they just found all this money well they did and they didn't because one they have a reserve and he in monahan even said that he says we're dipping into our reserves for these upgraded purses um they have the new tv deal that just started this year and that's going to that tv deal i did not realize increases every year so it's not a flat rate the the length of the contract. It actually increases every year. So there'll be more and more money coming out of the TV deal every year. So they were already in talks to increase these purses and up everything. And he did admit, hey, the live golf thing made us accelerate these talks and these purse increases further. They're going to dip into their reserves. And they're basically using money or committing to money that they haven't sold yet. This is going to come from Increase sponsorship dollars, like the FedEx St. Jude, they're going to probably go to FedEx, and say, hey, we want you to put in more money for this event. So the person go up, they're going to go to MasterCard for the Bay Hill event and say, hey, we want more money. So they still have to sell this. So they're taking a little bit of a risk to announce this now and jump the gun on this to hopefully stem the tide of any of these guys going over. So what what's your whole take on this?
1: it's not guaranteed money it doesn't make a massive difference to me um it's it's good for the guys it will certainly keep some of the guys around i think i mean or, or at least it will give them something else another reason to have a voice against the live tour without the guaranteed money though it's not really the apples to apples i don't think it's a a direct competitor Now I'm not saying the PGA tour is not a direct competitor. I'm saying this particular move is in a direct competitor. Sure. It does offer larger purse sizes. It does offer, um, you know, a, a better calendar and a better schedule, but right now these guys got eight events and guaranteed millions. That's, that's going to be tough to beat for someone who is interested in in you know getting paid is the reason they play golf and that's uh that's what they want to do they want to set themselves up for financial security and i certainly can't blame some of these amateurs who have no idea if they'll ever make a dollar because there's so many top amateurs that have came out and have done nothing in the pro ranks so if they get a chance to go ahead and say hey i can put back a couple of million dollars in the bank take care of my family for i don't know if forever with the way inflation and this where we are right now uh that you can ever think that you'll have enough money with you know two three million dollars with the way things are going um but at the same time you don't know if you'll ever have a chance to make that again so it's it's
0: does it does it do you like it as a fan any different or less or the same the same so i like it as a fan Again, I've always come with this from a fan standpoint on the product, though, that I'm watching on a week to week basis, because I like to watch golf. Obviously, we talk about it every week. I don't care how much these guys make. It doesn't affect me one bit. I'm coming at this from, from, again, from a fan standpoint and the product that we get to see on a daily basis. And again, the, I guess the two biggest points that we've always talked about is there's too many events. It's diluted and oversaturated, and the top guys don't play against each other in the same fields enough. So, with that being said, Ding, that was for you. Um, I like it. I don't know if I love it. So, I do like the schedule change of January to August. That makes sense to me. Let's have an off season. Let's let the fans miss golf a little bit. Yeah, you know, golf golf fans don't miss golf at all because it's on every weekend. Let's have an off season to an extent. Let's because then once January rolls around, when most of this country is covered in snow. People are gonna get jazzed up and start watching it. Like, oh yeah, Kapaloo is back on. They're in Hawaii. Look at this. I'm gonna sit in my house and look out at the snow in my yard, and it's gonna freeze my ass off. But at least I I know, like, hey, golf season's around the corner. Like, this is cool. I miss golf. I haven't watched these guys in a few months. Like, let's let's build some anticipation for the season, not just start at the week two weeks after the tour championship.
1: Well, and don't um, think it didn't play into consideration that Jay just took himself out of out of uh, competition with the NFL for the correct, majority yeah. of that season.
0: Yep, absolutely. Um, which
1: financially was probably a pretty good move. So, you know.
0: Yeah, and they're still going to have events with the whole fall series just for really those, those guys from but they'll be on the golf 71 channel. to 200. But they'll be on the golf channel. Won't cost near as much. Yeah, it'll be the, the – you know, the golf sickos like us that will tune into some of those things. So,
1: Without question.
0: Well,
1: um, I have multiple TVs. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that's right. But um, the other thing I like is, you're correct, the, the money's not guaranteed, but these elevated events, because the purses are so big, and most of these elevated events, if, if I'm, I'm not sure if all the events, but most of them are limited field to an extent where I know like Bay Hill, um, Genesis, uh, Muirfield Village, you know, Jacksonville Memorial are only 120 player fields. No, they're not the normal 144, 156 players. So you may see guys be like, okay, well, I'm going to go play those events now. One, because it's a much bigger purse. It is a smaller field. so There's a higher chance of them making the cut and contending. So maybe we start to get those fields get stronger and stronger and stronger. And now we get 15 of the top 20 in the world at that event. So maybe this, the guys that are still on the PJ tour, maybe they are playing in more events together because there's more of a reason to play in those events because it is a bigger purse.
1: Um, I, I totally agree with that. And it's, um, I was actually meeting with uh, the DOG over at Bay Hill uh, this week. And he's the one who told me about it on Tuesday. It had just been announced. We had our meeting. He told me about it coming out of the meeting, got to sit in the new, uh, locker room the new locker room is meant
0: i mean oh absolutely. that other locker room was pretty cool too though it was old school this, i liked it this one is meant it, yeah. it's it's an
1: expanded version of the old one okay um uh, but it's a very very cool spot and he mentioned this to me and we kind of talked about it yeah. you know he, and even he said he said you know historically we get a pretty good field but this is this should cement us for having uh one of the top fields of the year and i said i, I agreed i mean I, and i i will hundred percent say that this is better than it was yep. without question. This is definitely better. Is it a direct competitor? Does it draw the same, the same feeling? Because if the lib golf tour only had the promise of these purses and did not have the guaranteed money behind it, I don't think any of those guys would be over
0: there. I'm just being, no. Honest. And that's, I mean, so, even Mont, even had admitted that he was like, listen, if this just becomes about money, we, we can't, can't compete. compete. He, yeah. I mean, he flat out said it like and, and everyone without knows question. that without like, question, no one's going to well, compete with these guys. Everyone, everyone already knew that. Yeah.
1: But at the end of the day, I definitely think that this is an improvement for the PGA Tour. And I definitely think it does gain a better feel because, like I said, and I will stand behind this. Where go money, go players. and. Yeah where they're offering these elevated opportunities to generate more income, you're going to get more players. It's just simple math at the end of the day. So.
0: And you might, and you might get guys because two other things with the whole point of only 70 guys keeping their card versus the 125 Now you may get some of these top guys to play another extra event or two. If they're worried, if they're playing poorly to make sure that they're in that top 70. So they have to avoid the fall series. And I wouldn't anticipate a bunch of them doing it, you know, um, because if they're the top guys, they're going to be the top guys. But I also like the idea of a little bit more of a turnover at the bottom of the PGA Tour roster because there's a lot of good talent on the Corn Ferry Tour. There are a lot of these young college kids coming up. And I feel like the bottom of the PGA Tour, it's like perfect example, Traveler Championship and I'm sure he's a a very nice guy, a great guy, William McGirt. Like, really, dude? Like, what the, like, I don't want to watch you anymore. Like, what are you doing? Can we get some young, new faces? Can we get a little bit more of a turnover in the bottom of that, the bottom half of the PGA Tour? Like, John Ha, like, okay, cool, dude. You've been a journeyman on the PGA Tour forever. Like, you know, look at Nick Hardy played this week. He played great at the U.S. Open, like let's get more of those guys. Let's sure. create some more spots for the the Pierson Kuz of the world, the Michael Thorbjornsons, that kind of stuff. Versus, okay, Ches cool dude. Like, but no offense, I don't want to watch you play golf. I'd rather watch these younger guys play golf. So if you're only giving cards to the top 70, there's more chance of these guys coming off the Corn Ferry Tour mixing with the guys on the PJ Tour in that fall series, and then maybe earning their card, and then hey, now, sure. we, now we got some new faces, some young, exciting blood versus just letting these journeymen just hang out at a 100th, 98th, 86th every year. And it's like, I don't know. Like, that's not
1: that cool to me. Well, have they changed the money list and keeping their card to 70? FedEx or Cup points. at 125.
0: So it's FedEx Cup points. Top 70, keep their card. So you get to the playoffs, which is now top 70. You get your full card next year.
1: So 125 is no longer the number.
0: No longer I the number. Miss I missed that part. Yep. Wow. Because normally 125 got into the first FedEx Cup playoff event. They have I shrunk. Didn't know they
1: that. lost their card though. I didn't. I did know
0: they weren't getting in. Well, so they don't lose their card, but they have to go to the fall series to determine their priority ranking for the next year. Can you
1: lose your card if you play bad? Enough?
0: I don't know if you can totally lose your card. I'm sure you'll no. have con- some sort of conditional status, right? But yeah. I it's like, gonna open yeah. the door for some more of these guys to get higher rankings if it's only 70 guys versus 125. Sure, sure. So um, and I, I yeah. think I like that as a fan as well. So um, yeah. you know, we'll we'll see. It's it's the whole thing's interesting. Um it's just fascinating. I, I honestly I think way too much about it um on a day-to-day basis in between shows and and read what i can and and look at the opinions and um it's fascinating it's probably the biggest thing to ever happen to golf in all honesty um there's been nothing really remotely close to this um and i'm curious to see what goes on on the the dp world tour the european tour you know they've been kind of not saying much then they come out and they've kind of suspended guys from some events really just the co-sanctioned events with the pga tour that they've suspended them from they find them all a hundred thousand pounds which i guess live golf has just paid for all these guys is what i read oh really? Um, yeah they had to put out shell out like 1.7 million to pay all the fines for these guys on the european tour um not like they care but um you know i don't know where the dp world tour some people think that they're going to get in bed with the saudis and just get bought, bought by them or they're going to really just latch onto the PJ tour. And maybe there's even more opportunity for the two of them to work together and just create one big world tour, you know, and mix events around different countries and, you know, really have a massive partnership with the PJ tour and blend together. I, I don't know. So it's Is the Horseshoe whole a live guy who Horschel. No, he's anti live guy. That's right. He was like playing, heavy he anti-playing
1: he was playing in Europe this week, though.
0: So he plays know. a lot on the European tour. Um, he has dual membership, I believe. He won the order of merit one year. He won the BMW championship, which is their premier event over there at Wentworth in London. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won that last year. So he I think he's got dual membership and plays on both tours a lot. Gotcha.
1: He's got to get his minimum number of events in, that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So um but yeah, he was playing over there. Uh, How Tung Lee won that in a playoff over Thomas Peters, in case you're wondering. That's so, but yeah, the, the, the landscape of professional golf is just fascinating. It's abundant right now. Yeah. It is news constantly coming up. It's great for a podcast. Really good. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So, um, all right. So this is, let's get to our, Unless you got anything else on live golf, PJ tour changes. Who has the
1: better field this week?
0: Ah, the John Deere Classic is fucking awful this week.
1: Uh it's a simple question, Mike. There's two options.
0: Yeah, I might say live golf this week. Scoreboard. Yeah, it's the the when when Adam Hadwin is the second highest uh rostered or second highest amount for a player on DraftKings. Um sad state of affairs, my friend. That's bad. That's that's bad. So um but unless you got anything else we we'll, we'll, let's let's make our picks real oh, fast. I'm
1: ready. I got my team right here. They're ready to go. Okay. All right. Starting at the top Mr Cuts made himself Chucky three sticks.
0: Oh and I had a feeling you'd take him
1: it's such a good value play um and especially here where you don't really have a huge benefit from picking one of the top guys i mean sure you can take Webb at the top but i feel like you're just burning up dollars for someone who i I don't know i don't know i i like moving down the list in an an event like this because i don't think there's any clear favorite yeah um moving down to 9100 christian bezaden I, I just like the guy. I also saw him on the power rankings list. And as we know, I like to uh, quote them. So he's in uh, Adam long guy who's been playing good. Finished 25th last week, 21st, at the RBC. Um, hoping to see some continued good play from him. And then moving down to JT Poston uh, finished second at the travelers coming off some good golf Has a history of playing well at this event. I'm hoping to see him continue. Uh, Adam Savenson, also from the power rankings. That's why I picked him. I'm not going into how he's been <laughs> playing because I don't fucking know. I picked him because of the power rankings. Um, and then following up, Micah Boos, 7,300. Uh, I took this guy for Jay, and I think he's just spot on with it. I got Chris Goddard up three or four cuts made one top 10 and finished 35th last week. at the. Why'd you race. take him for Jay? Because Jay told us about us, told us about him last week. Picked him. No, he was a good pick.
0: That would have been me who told you about him last week. Cause I Got picked her him last week. You, you yeah, did? Yeah. That was me. And I have him again this week. So screw I'm un- Jay. I'm
1: undecided with how I feel about that <laughs> and whether or not I, I would have picked him had I it's not. recorded.
0: You can go back and listen to it. I might have to. Might have to. <laughs> um so yeah, I have Chris Goddard up again, send me three hundred dollars. I told you he was going to play well, and he did. Um, he made the cut. He's going to make the cut again. He's going to finish even higher this week. But b- below him, I took a friend of the pod just because. Callum Tarrant, $6,800. I was like, there's so much randomness in this field this week. I'm going to go Callum Tarrant. He didn't play well at Travelers, but he came off of a, uh, a great finish at the U.S. Open playing well. He might have been a little exhausted at Travelers last week, so. Uh, hopefully he get rested up and feeling better, feeling confident. So I got Calum Town. Um, then we're gonna go uh, up as well as sixty eight hundred dollars. Joe Bramlett, foreshadowing. That's all I'll say. Um, then I go Chris Goderup up because I told you about him last week, and I'm right on Chris Goder up, not Jay. Then I'm gonna go up to another young guy. I just mentioned him a, little, a few minutes ago. Eighty seven hundred dollars. Nick Hardy, playing great golf, yeah. young stud. Feeling good Um, like that. Just playing very, very well. I like Nick Hardy this week. Then I'm going to go Denny McCarthy. Also been playing really well. Well, He had a bad traveler, but before that, two top 10 finishes. Um, Top 30 at Charles Schwab. I like Denny McCarthy. And then I'm going to Adam Hadwin. One of the the favorites. One of the favorites. One of the studs. One of the horses this week. Adam Hadwin uh, played great at the U.S. Open top 10. Uh, has played well here in the past. He's riding high, had a week of rest. So uh, quick, simple, easy. That's my squad. So Love it. We'll see how it goes. But um, unless you got anything else, sir, that, that does it for us.
1: Nope. that That's, that's all I got, my friend. I'm going to grab another beer and think about how great this podcast was.
0: There we go. Yeah, we don't need Jay.
1: No. Me, we got the prime, the prime twosomes here. You That's know? right. Jay adds a little bit to us, but it's tough <laughs> to measure, you
0: know, all the heats available. That's right. So, all right. We thank all of our uh, devoted listeners. Um, See you guys in two weeks. Tuning in every week. And, yep, we apologize again. We will be off next week for the 4th of July holiday. So, for all of you traveling or just partying, enjoy it. Be safe. Enjoy some golf and, uh, We'll be back. Cheers.